Lord's been good to you. Uh, it's been a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Um, we had a, a wonderful time with primetimers yesterday. Uh, got to hang out with the elite with our primetimers. And uh, it was a good time with the Lord. A lot of good food, lots of great fellowship. If you haven't made a primetimers event and you think you're too young, you're not. And so come and hang out with us. It's always a great time. Lots of good food. few things I need to announce. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of a co-ed church league softball team, uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the information booth. Get signed up. They're doing practice today, 2 o'clock, uh, down at the field behind the church, 2 p.m. Uh, and if you'd like to come and, and just throw the ball around and maybe hit a little bit, uh, watch and laugh. Yeah, that you are always welcome. Uh, if you need some comedy, you know, come and hang out and, and uh, watch that. That'd be fun. Uh, graduation night is tonight. I want to encourage everybody to be here tonight to honor all of our graduates. Uh, we're very proud of all of them. And also, uh, there's somebody in the house today uh, that turned a year older. 86, man. Brother Hubert, happy birthday. We love you. We love you, we love you. Amen. <laughs> taking a bow. He's taking a bow. Well, y'all are standing up. We might as well go ahead and begin worship. What do you say? Ushers, come on this morning and prepare yourselves. A lot of stuff going on, man. I want to encourage you to stay in contact with your bulletin. Uh, a lot of good things. Next Sunday night, guys, I'm super excited. Um, of course, I'm always excited when we get to have church together. But next Sunday night, uh, we're going to have services down in the pavilion. Uh, Brush Arbor, service at sunset, whatever you want to call it. We're going to do outside church. And uh, the weather is so pretty right now. Uh, it'll be a great night together. And uh, we're going to turn the speakers up and uh, rock the neighborhood around us. Uh, remember when we used to honk horns for amens? When we were doing parking lot service, we may get some horn honkers for that night. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be a great time. A lot of good things are going on. I encourage you to stay involved. Uh, stay connected to your bulletin so you know what's happening. Uh, but let's pray today. Father, thank you again just for the blessing of being called sons and daughters. Uh, we invite you into this room today, Lord. Come and, and just flood this place with your person, with your presence. God, we don't, we don't want to settle for anything less than an encounter with you. Lord, we're here today and we're motivated. God, we're here today and we have an anticipation. Lord, we're here today and we are excited about who you are and all that you're doing. God, it's not about numbers. It's not about people, God. It's about you. Lord, may you be glorified and may you be honored. I give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Day. 
free at last, meeting face to face. I am yours, Jesus, you are mine. Endless joy, perfect peace. Earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. Oh, he's alive. this morning God we thank you father that we will never be the same in Jesus name God we thank you father for saving us God we thank you father for the victory we have in you in Jesus holy name amen and amen like I'm surrounded by the enemy and it feels like hope is far beyond my reach I know the battle I know the battle I know the battle I know the battle the battle is yours it's always yours sing that again and I know the battle I know the battle I know the battle When the seas agree that they should rage against me, yes, God. and the storm it pours its wrath upon my head, 
There's a name that's sure to save, it's never failing. Yes, Jesus, my salvation and my shield. Thank you. 
your cross would not get heavy and your heels would not be hard to He never offered your victories without fighting but he said help would always come in time So just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on my Lord will show up and he will take you through the we got to sing that one more time this morning from the beginning. Because he never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the heels would not get hard to climb. Yes. He never offered your victories without fighting, but he said there would always come in time. So just remember when you stand And the adversary says, give me, just hold on, my Lord will show up, and he will take you through the fire of death. Just hold on, my Lord will show up, and he will take you through the fire of Yes, He will. We praise You, Lord. We praise You, Lord. Oh, we praise You, Lord. Go ahead, Pastor. Hallelujah. Father, we praise Your name, God. Come on. If you'll just hold on. Sometimes we want to throw in the towel, but, man, we just got to hold on. Come on, let's hold on by praising Him today. Let's, let's let the world know we're holding on today. Come on, lift your voice. Father, we bless you. Lord God, we honor you. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're our God and our King, our healer and our hope. Come on, just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. All around this room, just praise him. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We hold on today to you, Lord, your unfailing, unrelenting hand. We hold on to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, oh, he's a rock that's unshakable. He's a firm foundation. He's got an unfailing, unrelenting hand. And if we'll but hold on, I don't care what the devil throws at us. Come on, I don't care what the enemy might whisper in your ear. Victory is ours in Jesus' name. And I think we ought to shout and celebrate that victory. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Won't you turn and greet someone this morning? Let them know how glad you are that they're here today.
Well, glory. Isn't it good to be a son or a daughter of the Most High God? Oh, man. Isn't it good to be on the winning side? Isn't it good to be on the winning team? Oh, my, my. I love him this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. It's so good that you're here today. So good to see you. Uh, we appreciate your attendance this morning. Some of you are new to our church family. Some of you uh, have been calling this place home for a very long time. Uh, and, and quite honestly, that makes no difference whatsoever. Uh, you are a part of our family. Uh, and we greet you. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we love you and we're excited about what God's doing. Uh, it's not about what the church is doing. It's not about what a person or a pastor's doing. Uh, it's not about what uh, any particular group within our church family is doing. I, I appreciate all the things that are going on. I appreciate all the effort that goes forth. But here's the thing. Uh, we are doing what we do to point people to Jesus Christ. Uh, it's never ever about any of us. It's not about Pastor Gary. It's not about uh, the worship team or any of the voices or, or the great anointing that's upon them. But it's all about Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today, right? That's why we came to the house of the Lord is, is to meet with Him uh, and to, to hear His Word. And so uh, if you're here for Him today, let's pause before we go any further in this service this morning and let's just blend our voices together one more time. Come on, from your own heart, from your own expression of praise, and let's just begin to honor and glorify our King. Father, we bless Your name one more time. God, we exalt You together in this house this morning. Lord, You are truly worthy of all the praise and the glory and the worship and the honor. God, we're here to offer up thanksgiving unto you. Lord, it's not about us. God, it's never about us. God, it's always, always about you. For your name, for your praise, for your namesake, Lord. God, may you be glorified. You are truly Yahweh. You're our God and our King. We bless you and we praise you. Hallelujah and amen. Come on. Yeah, let's give him that hand clap of praise together today. Thank the Lord. How many are grateful today for the, the difference that Jesus has made in your life? There's a Jesus difference to be made, amen? I submit to you this morning that because of Jesus, you go from eternal death to eternal life. Man, that's a pretty good difference, right? We, we bring Him our rubbish, we bring Him our, our, our dirt, our guilt, our shame, our condemnation. We bring Him our old shabby life and we offer it to Him. And in return, He gives us this life and life more abundant thing. Uh, he gives us a, a, not a life without struggle, not a life without battles. He, he didn't promise us a bed of roses, He just promised He'd walk with you every step of the way. Come on, there's a difference that's made because of Jesus this morning. We can go from a life of sickness to a life of healing because of the Jesus difference. We can go from a life of being empty on the inside to a life of being filled up to overflowing because of the Jesus difference this morning. We can go from a life that's, that's very plain Jane, very ordinary, to an extraordinary life this morning because of Jesus Christ. Now I'll ask you again, how many are thankful today for the Jesus difference in your life this morning? Hallelujah. The, the truth is, is that as we go through our lives, there's, there's a lot of different events, there's a lot of different things that, that come along and happen in our life that, that create a big difference in our lives. For example, when you turn 16 years of age and you get your very first vehicle and, and you have that independence and, and you get to go drive and, and mom and dad's not chauffeuring you around every place you go, uh, you get to the stoplight at the corner and, and you spin the tires on the car because you, you saw a big brother do that. 
Come on, I'm preaching to some little redheaded girl in the room today. When you get your driver's license for the very first time, how many understand that creates a huge difference in your lives, right? When, when, and right now, at this particular time of year, we're, we're thinking about and talking about our graduates from either high school or college. Listen, graduation makes a huge difference in your lives. I know you might think, well, it's just a high school thing, and, and now they've got to go to college, and, and they've got 40 years of college. Some people are professional students, you know. They've got 40 years of college in front of them, and uh, they're, they're just going to keep going, and, and really they're just going to keep going to school, so really there's not that big a difference. Listen, there's a huge difference that made, that's made from going to having high school classes to now having college classes. That's a, that's a really a big deal. And for our college graduates, now you've graduated, now you have your degree, now, Katie, you got to go to work, girl. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get a job, pay it back. I don't care what they're trying to do. They're really not going to pay off your student loan. Hallelujah. <laughs> and what I meant to say is we're really not going to pay off your student loans. <laughs> First time you move away from mom and daddy. And you're dependent upon yourself. You're the one that has to do your own laundry. You're the one that has to pick up uh, your own dirty clothes. You're the one who has to make your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're, you're the one who has to snake out the drain in the shower. Glory to God. Josie's living in an apartment with some other girls there at school in Tahlequah. Uh, and she called, oh, I don't know, it's been a month or two ago. And she said, Daddy, my shower won't drain. I don't know what's going on. And I said, do you have any wire clothes hangers, sweetheart? Go get that wire clothes hanger, bend a, an L on the end of it, stick it down in that drain and pull it out. And I'm listening to her. She's, she's Zoom calling me the whole time. And I'm walking her through this process of, of snaking out her drain, and I can hear her on the other end of the phone going, uh, uh, uh. Do you remember when you lived in my house and your hair went down the shower drain? What a huge difference that's made in our life by moving out of our own home and, and going and being independent. What a, what a huge difference that's made in our life when we get married. You know, at one time, I, I don't know uh, what, the, what the job market is necessarily like today because I, I've been a pastor so long I haven't looked for a, a job in the secular world. But, but back in the 80s when I came home from college, you could get a job today and if you didn't like that particular job, you could walk across the street and get another job over there. And if you didn't like that job, you could walk across the street and get a... They were looking for people to fill positions during that time in about uh, 85, 86, somewhere in that realm. And jobs were real easy to find. And, and I'll be quite honest, before that woman came into my life, that woman came into my life, I went from job to job to job to job. If they made me mad, I was like, dude, peace out. Send my check to my house, would you please? But then I met her and I remember going to my mom and saying, mom, I've met the one. Mom's response was over my dead body. But anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. I've got to find a real job. I've got to settle down, Mom. I've got, to, I've, got to get, I've got to grow up. I've got to get a real job. When you get married, you stop hopping from job to job. You have to get serious about life. You have to be a, a responsible adult. Glory to God. 
You get married, it makes a huge difference in you. You go through life, you raise children, and then you reach that place of retirement. No longer are you punching a time clock for a living. And man, what a big difference that's made in your life. Now you work for Sherry every day, Brother Rick. She's got a list of honeydews for you. The only difference is at one time you were getting paid by Michelin and now Sherry don't offer any retirement package at all. <laughs> the truth is life is filled with a lot of different phases like that that, that create stages and different events that happen in our lives that, that come along that, that create these huge differences, these huge changes that, that transpire, that take place in our lives. But, but the truth is with all of the different things that happen, all the different things that come up, I believe with all my heart the single greatest change that happens in a person's life or the single greatest change that's supposed to to happen in a person's life is the difference that's made because of Jesus Christ. Listen, all these events, all these things can unfold in my life uh, and still not have a difference made in my eternity. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life, He changed me on the inside. He changed me on the outside. Oh, what a change He's made in my life. And I'm not here to celebrate my change and I'm not here to celebrate your change. I'm just here to tell you today that there's a difference that's made because of Jesus Christ and it's something that I believe can cause a difference in the world. If there's a difference that's been made in us because of Jesus, then there's a difference that can be made in the world because of the difference in you today. Find your Bibles with me this morning. I want to talk to you for a little bit about the Jesus difference. The Jesus different. Poke your neighbor and tell him, man, you're kind of different. I preached a message several, several years ago. Uh, and the, and t- the title of it was, uh, I'm weird and I like it. Miss Allison Hawker-Smith has reminded me of that a million different times. She says all the time, Pastor, I'm weird and I like it. Some of us are just weird by being weird, and some of us are weird because of Jesus. The the Jesus difference can make you weird. Amen? Thank the Lord. In in the book of Acts today, chapter 4, verses 13 through 20, the Word of the Lord says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. And they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they they couldn't say anything against it. But when they commanded them to go aside uh, out of the council, then the, the council met among themselves saying, What shall we do with these men? For indeed, that notable miracle has been done through them, uh, and, and the evidence is there before all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we can't deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people... Let us severely threaten them from now on that they speak no more in this man's name. And so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you be the judge. For we cannot help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. God, it's unfailing, it's unending, it's unrelenting. God, I thank you for the encouragement we find therein. 
Lord, I pray today that, that the Jesus difference be so evident among these people today that they walk in the restaurant after service this morning and people know there's something different about them. God, I pray when they're around friends and family members and co-workers that, that people look upon them, they gaze upon them, and they, they recognize a Jesus difference about them. Lord, be, may we be less like the world and more like you. Lord, we give you all the praise for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise one more time. I'm grateful today for the Jesus difference. I'm grateful today for a visible Jesus difference. Uh, if I could boil all this down in, in one small, tiny little nutshell, I, I think I would say it like this. People ought to be able to see you. They ought to be able to look at your life and know that some transformation has been made in your life because of Jesus Christ. Well, with, without a difference being made, you have to question the relationship. If you can't tell a transformation time, if you, if you can't recognize a change or a difference that's been made, then you must ask yourself the question, did Jesus really make a difference in my life if nobody knows the difference in me? I thank God today for a, a, a change that takes place when He saves us. We become a brand new creation. Come on. The old is gone. The new has come. But again, the question we've got to ask ourselves today is this. Is that change, is that transformation, is that new creation process visible to the world around me? Have I actually allowed the change or the difference to take place in my life? Or was it simply that I walked an aisle, I said a prayer, I shook hands with the preacher, but nothing really changed about me? Listen, friend, it's got to be more than saying a prayer. It's got to be more than walking an aisle. It's got to be more than filling out a, a card and becoming a member of a church. It's got to be a transformation that happens because of Jesus Christ. Uh, can the people that know me, can my friends and family members, does my wife or my husband know that I've been made different because of Jesus Christ? I've heard it stated this way before, and it should be a good question to consider, uh, to pause and to consider our own lifestyle. If you were arrested and placed on trial for being a Christian, if you were arrested and placed on trial for being a child of God, if you were arrested and placed on trial for, for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Now, Pastor, I should not have to think about that. I said a prayer a long time ago. I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Now, why would you want me to question my relationship? Why would you want me to question my, my salvation? Why would you want me to question whether or not Jesus made a difference? Well, friend, it didn't originate with your pastor. It originated in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11 and 28 says, Let a man examine himself. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, for those of you that don't know, uh, it, it's the, the passage that speaks about communion and the sharing of communion together. It says that we shouldn't receive the communion elements in an unworthy manner. Therefore, let a man examine himself. Can I tell you, friend, that in reality, communion is much more than drinking a little bit of grape juice and a little unleavened wafer of bread? Communion ought to be something we enter into every day of our lives. You ought to have a walking, talking, living, breathing relationship with King Jesus. And, and if there's, there's not that communion relationship, we need to examine ourselves and see, Lord, is there something out of order in my life that's keeping me from this? 
God, is there something out of order that's keeping me from drawing closer to you? What we're after is to allow Jesus Christ to change us and make us more like Him and less like the world every day. Friend, if you're more like the world than you are like Christ, then then you need to look inwardly. We need to examine ourselves and find out, has Jesus genuinely made a difference? Uh, I believe the Jesus difference in us will make a Jesus difference in the world around us. But if there is no Jesus difference in us, how can we expect to impact any change or make any difference in the world if we're not different? Well, why should I go to church? Then people are, uh, talk just like the world. They act just like the world. They react just like the world. Oh, that church is a bunch of backstabbers. Oh, that church is a bunch of gossips. Oh, that church is a bunch of rude, mean, angry people. Listen, if that's the level of thought process for people in the world, the church might want to do a little self-evaluation. Say, Lord, let us be more like you. Let us represent your love. Let us represent your compassion. Let us represent your mercy. God, let us have that in operation in our life so that people will be drawn to the cross of Calvary and not to the bar down the road. Hallelujah. Here in the Word of God, what we see is a Jesus difference in Peter and John. To better understand what's happening here, we go back a little bit in our text to chapter 3 and what you'll find is that Peter and John were on their way to the the synagogue. They were going to church that particular day and and as they went there, they they came into contact with a man who was crippled and uh, they had brought him out every day and they set him by a gate that was entitled Beautiful. Every day this man was brought there. Every day this man would beg alms. Every day this man would stand and say, please help me. There's nothing I can do for myself. I need somebody to provide for my needs. Peter looked at him. The Bible says he he gave him his attention. Come on. People need our attention. He looked directly at the man and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus arise and walk. The Bible says the man automatically, uh, there became strength in his ankles and there became strength in his legs uh, and he rose up and he went with them to church uh, leaping and dancing and praising the Lord. Come on, a Jesus difference in you can make a Jesus difference in the world today. The fact is this, that Jesus had made such a difference in them that it had an impact on a blind beggar. And by the time Peter had finished talking that particular day, the word of the Lord says that that so many people believed that that the number grew to be about 5,000. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 4. And then Peter, being full of the Holy Spirit, stands up before his accusers and he begins to speak in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. And that's where we pick up our story here in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Peter and John are not ashamed of the Jesus difference in their lives. Uh, The fact is this, Jesus creates such a difference in every life that He comes into contact with that it will create a change in you. He'll give you a boldness, He'll give you a courage, uh, the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the people you come into contact with. Friend, it's not about the difference that your preacher makes in you. I'm going to preach the Word of God straight and true to you. I want to step on your toes every time you walk in the door. But the difference isn't made because of Pastor Gary. 
You have great Sunday school teachers, but the difference is not made because of the Sunday school teacher. We've got great deacons. We, we have incredible servants in this place, but the difference isn't made because of a building or a padded pew. The difference is made because of Jesus Christ and the impact that He brings into your life. I believe with all my heart this morning that the Jesus difference in us will make a Jesus difference in the world today. There's some things I want to share with you this morning about the Jesus difference. And the first thing I want to talk about is this. People will realize you've been with Jesus. Look with me at verse 13. Verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness... Anybody bold in this room today? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled, shazam. And they realized, they realized, man, these guys must have been with Jesus. Isn't it amazing how being exposed to something can stick on you? Isn't it amazing how, how just being exposed to a particular thing at a particular time can make such a difference in you that it resonates, that it carries, that it, that it radiates off of you as you walk through life? I know I've shared this thought with you before and I've even told this story in this place before, but being exposed to a smell can make a big difference in your life. Hug my mother-in-law sometime and find out. She is a stinky, in fact, my, my love name for her, my pet name. I know a lot of people say, you're not supposed to pick on your mother-in-law. She's my mother-in-law. She's not your mother-in-law. And I'll talk about her all I want to. God bless you. <laughs> my love name, my pet name for my mother-in-law is Grandma Stinky. Because she is this old, radical, Pentecostal woman who wears entirely too much perfume. And I married the mini-me version of that. Hallelujah. <laughs> when Sister Vonda and I first pastored that, that first church there in Kyoto, Oklahoma, many times, I, I've told you, many times I'd go to the gas station there in town to, to grab me a Mountain Dew in the morning and a, a, a honey bun. That was back you know, when I was skinny and I could eat all that kind of good stuff. Oh, by the way, I had a Mountain Dew and honey bun for breakfast this morning. Anyway, it's a whole nother... <laughs> I'd go there and I'd get me a Mountain Dew and at, at that particular time the state of Oklahoma still allowed people to smoke inside restaurants and inside buildings and inside gas stations and, and that was the place where all the old guys in town would hang out and they had booths, tables in there and, and all those old guys would meet and, and maybe have a, a pop together and every one of them old men in that place was smoking a cigarette. Uh, they'd sit in there all day long puffing in Marlboros. I mean, just one after another. Chain smoking, look like a choo-choo train. Go Come on. <laughs> you walk in the door, you go get you a Mountain Dew out of the cooler, and you go, <laughs> woo. You get out to your vehicle, and you, you put it in the, uh, the, the pop holder in your, your car, and you go, <laughs> Wow. And then you go do a home visitation for somebody. You walk in the house and you say, Hey, how are y'all doing today? Man, it's good to see you. And they go, Pastor, you've been to Lion's Den today. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I have. Or, Pastor, have you been smoking Marlboros today? One of the two, you know. Because that smell would just stick on you. That smell would just radiate on you. And, and here's the deal. 
And, and I know there's, there's probably people that, that still, you know, are a part of our church family who, who are still smokers. And, and you know what? You have to work that out between you and the Lord, okay? I, I can tell you this. My, my personal opinion is this. Uh, smoking will not send you to hell, but it'll sure make you smell like you've been there. Here's the, here's the thing. Most smokers don't realize what they smell like because you get nose blind. Have you ever been in a, in a boy, a teenage boy's room? Whoa! Ethan Lambay, they made him move out to the garage. That boy stunk so bad. We get nose blind. Because we're exposed to it all the time. But the smell sticks to you, it clings to you, and everybody you come into contact with knows beyond a shadow of a doubt. The same could be said today about uh, if you go to the gas station and you're one of those people who have a diesel vehicle and, and you're getting diesel gasoline in your vehicle and, and some of it spills out and gets on you, immediately people know that you're a millionaire because you could afford to buy diesel. They realize pretty quick something's different. Here the word of the Lord says that these people realized pretty quick that there was something different about Peter and John. They're different. They're uneducated. They're untrained. If you go back to what they actually intended by that, it means that they had not received any formal training in a rabbinical school. To be unschooled, describe them as laymen. Oh, it's just a bunch of fishermen. It's just a bunch of tax collectors. These guys have, have no formal education. They have no formal training. It's not like they're a preacher or anything. They're just regular Joes, and they're out speaking the name of Jesus because of the Jesus difference made in them and causing people to be healed because of the Je Man, something's happening in their lives. <laughs> they realized they'd been with Jesus. Some of you might say, wait just a minute, Pastor. I, I can't make a difference in the world around me. I'm too young. I'm too old. I've not been trained. I've not been to school. I don't have any Bible education. In fact, I don't even, I don't even have a good time where I can sit and read the Bible. I, I'm not a good reader. I'm, I'm not well trained. I just don't understand. The Word of God teaches us that these were ordinary men. They didn't have any training. They didn't have any education. But 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, uh, chapter 20, verse 26 and 27 says that we need to realize our own calling. For not many wise among us were called according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble were called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are considered mighty. Can I tell you today, God's not looking for your Ph.D. He's not looking for your education. God's looking for your availability. He just wants a willing vessel to pour through. He just wants somebody who will allow the Jesus difference to be made in their life to make a difference in the world that they're in. I'm so proud right now. This isn't in my notes. i got to walk away from that pulpit. I'm so proud. There's a young man, his name's Heath Cole. Heath and his wife Crystal, I've shared with you before, when I pastored that church in Kyoto, uh, Heath and Crystal were uh, as about as far away from the Lord as you possibly could imagine. 
Heath was, was strung out on drugs. His wife was strung out on drugs. And I, I've shared with you before, their mama Alice, his mama Alice called and said, Pastor, I need you to come to the house. Heath's ready to give his life to the Lord. Would you come pray with him? And I said, Sister Alice, I'm on my way. I, I will be, I've got to stop the lines then and get a Mountain Dew, but I'll... Keeping y'all with me. Stay with me. I'll, I'll be right there. And so I went to the house and I prayed with him. <laughs> Jesus made a difference in their life, man. And today, Heath and his wife Crystal are the pastors of that church that we pastored there in Kyoto, Oklahoma. God transformed them. God changed them. Hang on. Hang on. Hold on to it just a second. They didn't have any education they didn't have any formal training. Yes, he went through the credentialing process with the Assemblies of God. He's an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. Uh, the only training he had was the Bible classes that he took in order to get his credentialing. But the Bible training he had came from the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Hang on, hang on. They've been in revival. I didn't get to see them at district council this last week because they've been in revival for over 10 weeks now. Every night of the week, they've been having church for 10 weeks in a row because of a Jesus difference that was made. Oh, pastor, that's the exception. That's, that's not the normal. That's the exception. Why is it the exception and not the norm? Why is that the, the odd duck? Why is that the standout? Why is that strange? Shouldn't that be the normal thing? I mean, isn't Jesus Jesus to everybody? Man, I sure thought so. The impact of Jesus was so real and so evident on these men's lives. <laughs> Everybody knew they'd been exposed to Jesus. I wonder if we ask your coworkers tomorrow about 5 o'clock when you punched back out. I wonder if we ask your, your, your friends, your family members, what kind of difference there was in you. I, I, I want to know what kind of difference has been made in me. I want to know... Because if the only difference is made in me is, is being a preacher, if, if that's the only change, then, then I've missed it entirely. Because it's about more than me just preaching the Word of God. I've got to live what I believe as well. I've got to be the same Gary Dotson out there that I am in here. Let's strive for that, guys. We've got to let the Jesus difference be in our lives and let it be realized by the people we come into contact with. There's something different about them. I don't know what it is. It must be that they've been with Jesus. They must have had an incredible time, an incredible encounter with God. God made such an impact. God made such a difference. It's easy to see and easy to realize. What do we need to know about the Jesus difference? People will realize that. Another thing we need to know about the Jesus difference is this. They won't be able to deny it. Look with me at verse 16. Verse 16 says, So the council said, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, that notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. I want to do a little survey just real quick in the room this morning. Maybe you can help me with this. If, if you have a past, would you please lift your hand? 
Some of you jumped to your feet. I've got a, yes, I have a past. Whether you lifted your hand or not, let me tell you, one of the things we all have in common is if you've been alive more than five minutes, you have a past. We all have a past, and, and there's some things in our past that we like to remember. We, man, we like to celebrate. Oh, I remember when I was the legend of the playground. <laughs> Vonda was the legend of play, the playground in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, only because I wasn't there to whoop her playing volleyball. Tetherball. Tetherball. Some things we like to celebrate about our past, and some things... We're not so proud about in our past. The really good news is this. Our God holds no record of our past. When we accept Jesus as Lord over our lives, our past is gone. Psalms chapter 103 verses 12 uh, says, for as, far away, as far away as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As far away as the east is from the west... He removed our transgressions away from us. Do you know that east and west, you keep going east as far as you want to go, you'll never go west again. You just keep going east. Do you know as far west as you want to go, you just keep going west. You never go back east again. So the Word says that He took your sin, your transgression, and He removed them as far away as the east. They never meet. They never come together. He's forgotten about it entirely. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. Come on. God's forgotten all about who you used to be. God's forgotten all about your past. Friend, if you'd get over it, He's already over it. As far away as the east is from the west, He doesn't look at you in your sin anymore. He looks at you through the blood covering of His Son, Jesus Christ. You're not a sinner in His eyes. You're a child of the Most High God. And I'm so thankful that my God works that way. I'm so thankful that God doesn't remember my sin. But how many know it don't work that way with people? Most of the people that knew us back then... Most of the people that knew Gary Dotson back in 1980-something, most of the people that knew me in high school and college remember a different me. They know somebody that I used to be, but they don't know who I am right now. They knew us back then. They remember it. And in fact, they remember it a whole lot better than we're supposed to. And they're always there to remind you of every bad thing you've ever done, every bad place you've ever been to, every bad word you've ever spoken. But then when Jesus comes into our lives, there's a transformation that's made. People hadn't ought to be able to deny. I'd like to be able to tell you, I, I, I see some of my old college friends. I see some of my old running buddies. I, I see some of those guys that I used to, to, to do the, the wildlife with. And, and I see them occasionally, but I don't see any of those people anymore because I removed myself from a different set of circles than, than what I used to run into. But I'd like to believe that if I ever ran into them or if they were ever Google searching Gary Dotson on Facebook and, and looked up some radical Pentecostal preacher, they'd go... Wow! I mean, I remember him. He was a pretty good two-stepper. I remember when he married that brunette. (laughs) 
I remember telling them when they were getting married that we'd give them six months at top. I know him. Don't know much about her, but I know him. There's no way that that marriage will ever last. Man of God, you're going to church, you're preaching the Word of God. There ain't no way. I'd like to believe that if they saw Gary Dotson of today, they'd go, man, how do you deny that? Them people's been married 33 years. How do you deny that? Look, look, at, look at the Jesus difference in his life. How can you deny that? I think people ought to be able to look at your life, and even those that knew you before ought to be able to look at you now and go, dude, there ain't no way I can deny it. They're not, they're not the same person they used to be. When Peter and John ministered healing to this crippled man at the gate beautiful, the Sadducees could not deny the fact that they were used by God. Why? Because the proof was standing in front of them. Here was this crippled man who used to sit at the gate begging every day. And I can see these Pharisees and these Sadducees passing by him every day in their pious attitude, in their long robes, in their hats of, uh, of self-righteous indignation and, uh, and just looking down upon this man. And, oh, we, we've got to show how pious we are and, and give him some money. And, oh, look, hey, I'm giving money to this crippled man. Here he is they would have known exactly who he was. But after an encounter with Peter and John, the Jesus difference that had been made in them made a Jesus difference in the crippled man, and now he's standing up in front of them. A transformed life was the proof that they weren't able to deny. A transformed life is the proof that people cannot deny. You are not who you used to be. You are beautifully and wonderfully created. You're a child of the Most High God. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Glory. You're not destined for an eternity in the devil's hell. You're going to heaven forever and ever. Simply because of a Jesus difference. And I believe that evidence ought to be easy. That transformed life ought to be easy for everybody to see. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, We're supposed to let our light shine before men. That they might see our good works. And then do what? Glorify our Father. It's not about the difference in us to get them to glorify. Oh man, I can't believe you're amazing. It's not so that people will tell us that we're all that in a bag of chips, but it's so that people will say, good golly, if God can make a difference in the life of a man like Gary Dotson, surely he can make a difference in my life as well. I genuinely believe with all my heart the reason that God called me into ministry was to prove the point that He could take anybody, anywhere. He could take a womanizing alcoholic by the name of Gary Dotson and turn him into a man of God that He could work through and use for His glory and for His kingdom. I used to shine a light for the devil. I used to be a fool for the devil. I... Y'all sure wouldn't have liked me very much back then. I was not a good person. But Jesus. But Jesus. And I certainly haven't arrived. And there's some of you don't like me much now. I don't care. You don't have to like me for me to go to heaven. I don't, I don't, I don't like him. That's fine. 
Talk to Jesus about it because He can do a whole lot more with me than you'll ever do. My wife talks to Him about me all the time. (laughs) And she don't know I'm talking to Him about her too. I think people ought to be able to look at you and know. They ought to be able to smell the Jesus on you and not deny, man, God did something in their life. What do we need to know about the Jesus difference? People won't be able to deny that something's happened. There's a transformed life standing in front of them. One more thing we need to know this morning about the Jesus difference, and that's this. People's going to hear you talking about Him. Look at verses 18 through 20. Verse 18 says, So they called them together. They, they called Peter and John with them. And they, they commanded them, Don't you do it again. Commanded them not to speak at all or to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God? <laughs> well, you figure that one out for yourself. You judge. But we, we can't help. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Man, I've experienced it, I've lived it, and I can't help but talk about it. Have you ever been exposed to something in your life that was so awesome that you just had to talk about it to everybody you came into contact with? Have you heard Vonda talk about her grandkid? Once upon a time, she used to talk about me like that, but now it's his grandbaby. <laughs> Maybe it was a vacation you went on. Some place that you traveled to, some place you visited, and, and it just made such an impact on your life that, that you talked about it. You had home movies that you brought out every time you had guests, and uh, you, you had to pop up the pictures on your phone and show them to everybody you came into contact with. For Vonda and I, that was Gulf Shores, Alabama. That was our, uh, we traveled and, and went on vacation to Gulf Shores, Alabama for several, several years. We discovered it one year. We wanted some place where they had a, a nice beach that was close to home. And so uh, we, would, we found it and, and we went there the first time. And it has these beautiful white sandy beaches. And uh, there's a place there called the Shrimp Basket. Hallelujah. <laughs> <sighs> felt Jesus right then. Just We'd talk about the shrimp basket and we'd talk about Gulf Shores to, to everybody we came into contact with. And you know, our friends Bill and Valerie, they come visit us from Coweta sometimes. Sometimes they're in church service with us. This last week, we have talked to Bill and Valerie so much about Gulf Shores, Alabama. They took a week's vacation and went to Gulf Shores and were there themselves. They'd send us snapshots of all the restaurants that we like. Oh, they made me mad. Maybe it was a vacation you went on. You wanted to talk to everybody. You wanted to tell them about it. Or or maybe it was a good book you read and you were like, man, this book just changed my life. I got so much from it. You really need to read this book. And uh, you you experienced something, you encountered something, and, and you just had to talk about it, right? That was Peter and John. 
They had seen him. They had handled him. They had had an encounter with him. He had made a difference in their lives. And they said, listen, I don't care how much you threaten me. I don't care what you say you're going to do to me. I don't care what's going to happen to me. I'm going to talk about Jesus. (laughs) The word says that the, the council came to them and commanded them, don't you speak or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. You know what your pastor would have told him? I think Peter said it. It just doesn't spell it out here. He told him, you boys go suck eggs. (laughs) Who do you think you are? Is it better for me to obey my God or is it better for me to obey you? You figure that one out, okay? I don't think Peter was much of a, well, uh, if it's all right with y'all. Peter and John didn't minister by committee. Let me break that one down for you. They didn't ask permission for what they did. They said, the Lord said do this, we're going to do this. And if you don't like it, lump it. Get over yourself. Who do you think you are? Are you more important than the Lord? (laughs) They didn't care who they made mad. They didn't care who they offended. They were going to tell everybody they came into contact with all about what Jesus had said and done. Church, can I tell you today, we must reach the place as a believer where we are not concerned about who we're going to make mad, who we're going to offend. We we have to find ourselves at a place where we're not ashamed of the Jesus difference that's been made in our lives. When Jesus comes, there's a difference in our lives and we must let that light shine. We have no choice but to tell everybody about what he has done in our lives book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes first to the Jew and then also to the Greek what's that scripture say I'm not going to be ashamed of the story of Jesus Christ For it sets people free. It's got the power to save the Jew. It's got the power to save the Greek. It's got the power to save the white, the black, the yellow, the green with blue polka dots. It's got the power to save the entire world. And I'm going to tell everybody I come into contact with. Folks ought to hear you talking about him everywhere you go. About a hundred years ago, Sister Vonda and I were First married, I went to work for a, a company in Broken Era called Dresseran. You guys have heard some of my war stories from Dresseran before, but I remember those early morning meetings at Dresseran. We'd gather there in the break room, and the boss would always come in and pass out assignments for the day. And you guys are working on this one, and you guys are working on that one, and uh, you guys need to go uh, power wash this one and uh, take that one over to the paint shop and uh, you know, give all the details of who's working on what and where they're supposed to be working on that particular day. Well, always before the boss would come in, uh, that was the time when all the guys would sit around and talk. Uh, there, there was a coffee pot in there, and if you can imagine getting a whole bunch of men together in a room with a coffee pot and, uh, and a conversation that would erupt. Monday mornings were, were that shining example. Monday mornings were that shining star. We'd gather in that break room, and, and I'd go sit back in the back corner, and, and they'd begin to talk about their weekend. 
all the alcohol that they had consumed and all the women that they had pursued and, and all the things that they had done and, and what a hangover they had that morning because of all the things that they had done. And every great so often, they knew better than to talk to me too awful much because most of them called me preacher. They knew I loved Jesus. They knew who I was. They knew what I stood for. They knew what I believed in. Many times I'd go, there's not little kids in here, so. Many times I'd go in the restroom at break time and they'd come in that restroom and they'd take them old nasty girly magazines and they'd throw them over the stall at me. Take that preacher! <laughs> I'd like to tell you that I re- re- returned that kindly and prayed for them. Most of the time I would take bearing grease and I'd put it under the the handles on their toolbox. (laughs) David had a stick and a sling, right? I mean, he... (laughs) Mouthy Philistine, I'll show you. One guy, man, he picked on me all the time. And I'll never forget, we had some zip ties. Everybody know what a zip tie is? Plastic, plastic zip tie. Had some zip ties that were about that long and as big around as your, your pinky finger. I mean, big old heavy, thick zip ties. We used them for, for tying up bags that we would ship overseas. I went out at break time one day, crawled underneath that guy's pickup truck and zip tied them to his drive line. And so when he drove off, he was going click, 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 click. I left work that day, got about halfway down the road to the house, and he's pulled over to the side of the road, crawled underneath his truck, and I went, doot, doot, vroom. Back, back to the Bible. Okay, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. So we'd have these Monday morning meetings, and they'd talk about all their wild weekend, right? And every once in a while, they'd look in that corner and they'd go, Hey, preacher, what about you? What'd you do this weekend? I bet you really had a party, didn't you? And I'd say, let me tell you about what happened to me this weekend. See, at that particular time, I was serving as a deacon. At that particular time, I was working on getting my credentials. At that particular time, I was so on fire for Jesus Christ that (laughs) I'd take zip ties and put them underneath your car. (laughs) Yep. I'm still a work in progress. Don't mess with me. I've still got some zip ties. (laughs) And I know what you drive. (laughs) Gary Cook. (laughs) Let me tell you about my weekend. Let me tell you what my pastor preached about. Let let me tell you about how many people got saved Sunday morning. Let me tell you about the encounter that I had with God. Let me tell you about the calling that He's placed upon my life. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. See, we ought to be talking about Him every place we go. Even in the uncomfortable place where we're we're the outcast, we're the weirdo. We ought to be talking about Him around our homes and our families and our holiday times. You know that that Christmas and Thanksgiving and and events like that, when you're around friends and family members, you're the evangelist in that house? Well, Pastor, you know, I 
they all know me for who I used to be, but do they know you for who you are now? You are not who you used to be. You're a new creation in Christ. You are born again. Hmm. Church, we've got to get to a place where we're so excited. We're so excited about Jesus. You may not have a pastor like I had back then, but you need to be so excited about Jesus that you walk into work tomorrow morning and you go, let me tell you what happened. I've got the biggest goober for a pastor you could ever imagine, but that guy's a nut. Do you know my pastor used to put zip ties around? No. But he's still a preacher today? Don't you know God's got a sense of humor? Do you know God's... Look around the room, folks. You don't think God's got a sense of humor? Just look around a little bit. The biggest change and the biggest difference that's ever been made in my life is because of Jesus. I love my, my beautiful bride. She's a gift from God. I love my children. They're our blessing. They're our heritage. I love my grandson. He's pulling up on stuff and he's going to say granddad first. I know she took a, an easy grandma name, La La, so that you know, she thought he'd say La La first. He's going to say granddad first. I love that little boy. Love that little boy. I even love my son-in-law and I even love my mother-in-law. And they've all made an impact in my life. They've all made a difference. Some of you people sitting in this room today have touched my life. Hubert McGayhead, you've touched my life, brother. You've made a difference in me. You have. Your friendship, your friendship has been a blessing to me. But here's the truth. None of it, none of it adds up to the difference that Jesus makes. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It ought to be easy for the world to see. I'm not saying you have to become a preacher. I'm not saying that you have to sing in the choir. I'm not saying you've got to teach a Sunday school class. But let what's in you out of you. What's on the inside ought to be showing up on the outside. The difference that Jesus has made in us should be so real and so evident that people realize it. They can't deny it because they heard you talk about the difference He made in you. Worship team, come on, help you, pastor, please. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, please? All around this room. Oh, my precious Lord, my precious Savior, my God and King, you've truly been a friend who has always been closer than a brother. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you brought into my life that, that have brought such great transformational times, seasons. But Lord, thank you for sending your Son. 
Thank you for the cross of Calvary. Thank you for the whipping post. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for that, <laughs> that outpouring of your spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the Jesus difference. Before we can ever make a difference in the world we live in, first that Jesus difference must be made in us. Lord, this world needs a difference made in it so desperately bad. I sat with a group of men yesterday and we talked and reminisced about all the, the things that are happening in our world today. Lord, I know it must break your heart. The things that people declare over themselves, the, the denial of who you created them to be, the truth of your love and your mercy. God, help us. God, help me make a difference in the world. God, it has to begin in me, though. The Jesus difference in me can make a Jesus difference in the world. The Jesus difference in these can make a Jesus difference in the world. Lord, right now, please leave nothing undone, leave nothing out. Make a Jesus difference in us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just for a moment. Thank you for your patience with me today. I love you so much. I really am grateful to be your pastor. I'm thankful for your patience with me. I'm, I'm thankful that you allow me just to be me. But you know my heart. Those of you that have sat under my ministry for any time at all know that my priority is seeing people come to know Christ. Years ago when I relented to His call, I remember hearing that voice so clearly when the Lord said, Gary, don't whine them and dine them. Teach them. Train them. See them come to know me. Serious times, guys. We're living in a very serious hour. And although I haven't said it once in this service today, I'm going to say it now. Jesus is coming. And the only way we can be sure of our eternity and, and salvation to have our name written in the Lamb's book of life through Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus to come into my heart. I need Him to forgive me of sin. I need to become a brand new creation. I want my old to be gone, my new to come. I want my sin as far away as the east is from the west. I need Jesus. If that's you this morning, you just lift your hand. I want to pray with you. Anywhere in this room. Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else today? Pastor, that's me. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Church family, would you stand with me this morning, please? There's been a young lady who has lifted her hand and said, Yeah, I need, I need Jesus. Guys, this is what it's for. This is why we're here. May the Jesus difference in all of us have such an impact and such a change that it makes people go, man, I don't know what it is you got, but I want it. I need it. If you would say, Pastor, I want the Jesus difference to shine in me. I want the world to know that I'm different because of Jesus. Would you lift your hand? Come on, you're not ashamed today? Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you lifted your hand and said, I need Jesus to save my soul. I want you to grab whoever's close to you. You bring them with you. There will be people gathered around you today. We're going to meet here in the altars. But if you want a difference made in your life because of Jesus, friend, it's not made by running to the, to the cafeteria. It's not made by running to the restaurant. It's made by running to Jesus. So would you find your place today here at the front or make an altar where you're at? But please don't leave until you spend time in prayer. God bless you today as you pray.
You're so good to us. You're so much better, Lord, than we even deserve. Thank you so much, Lord, for for a life changed, a life transformed, a, a name written in your book of life. Thank you for another soul, Lord. And thank you for the difference that your son makes in our lives. God, I pray over my friends and my family. Lord, I ask you to walk with them. Go before them today, Lord. But God, for sure bring us back tonight. Lord, that we might honor our graduates and share your word one more time. Lord, for your namesake, for your glory and for your praise. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Please love on one another today.